previously on In the Moment. Katie, who are you dying to have sex with? Nobody. Beyonce. Don't try to fool us. That's fine. Romeo, you sure? Selena? Yeah, no, no, no. You're not going to die? No. Really? I'm so you let her piss on your face, but you wouldn't die to have sex with her. <laughs> oh okay, cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. I said too much. Shout outs. You might feel a little hopeless and broken, but don't you quit. Because I swear to God, you probably. All right, real quick. Shout out to the listeners. Um, because I think last week, first of all, I didn't realize how passionate I was about certain things until I looked back at it. I didn't know. Why didn't y'all tell me? Why didn't y'all tell me I was sweating and had a vein popping out of my forehead? I loved every minute of it. I was oh. like, yes. <laughs> I, I get what you mean when you say you look back at yourself and go, oh, what was, were you relaxed? <laughs> but seriously, I want to shout out the listeners because uh, normally we like to have a lot more fun on the pod. But every once in a while, you feel like there's some things that you want to address from the bottom of your heart. And I feel like the listeners were very patient about that. I didn't get any complaints. Everybody was respectful and listening. And I think that is dope. And I always take time to talk about some of the negative responses I get, which I want to do a better job at that. Because we always talk about how you only focus on the negative and you don't pay more attention to the positive. And typically for me, that's only because the negative is funny when people are going out of their way to hate. But we should highlight a lot of the compliments more and a lot of the the good things that people say. It just, I don't do it because it feels narcissistic to sit on a platform and talk about the good things people have said. But I also feel like you should highlight the people who are going out of their way to compliment you just as much as you should highlight the people who are going out of their way to hate you. So the fact that we were able to get uh, such a passionate podcast off and not one person felt away about anything that either of us had to say, I think that is worth commending. So shout out to the listeners for that. And also, while I'm on the listeners, I forgot to bring up a point last week about, because I like to have fun with my listeners, about the fact that I never said on this platform that when Rihanna got pregnant, I got more DMs from a lot of y'all than I did when my grandmother died. So I just, I, I want y'all to know if you are one of the people who wrote me about Rihanna being pregnant and you didn't write me when my grandma died. Yo, what's up? <laughs> Yo, now what's up, man? It's a sick world. Romeo, answer for them. Okay. I think that they were thinking that you needed your time alone. Um, and they were just letting you cope with uh, the passing of your grandma and they didn't want to bother you. But this is just superficial. It's Rihanna. Like, you know, they didn't care that much. So they were just trying to like, you know. Yeah. The man's a good liar. What can you do? All right. You asked me to defend him. No, it was good. It was a good okay, job. Cool, cool, That's cool, what I'm saying. Cool, cool, it was a compliment. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, you're good at being bad. Cool, cool. Who's next? Uh, <laughs> shout out to me. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, what's up? See, that's how you learn who your real friends are. You know how you say it. I thought it was a joke, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're a comedian, man. You're a comedian, man. Katie. Oh, Katie, hype me. You laugh at your ass foul. Nah, y'all can't shout out to me. Dang. <laughs> yo, I'm feeling like Snoop. Shout out to me, yo. Yeah, yeah, no, shout what's out. What's up? Why are you laughing? I gave you a shout out. For what? Last week. You did? Yeah. For what? Well, you said who you got to thank. I said, you. I bullied that shout out out of you, fam. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you act like you just walked in here and said it. Like, nah. Yeah, you're right. No, nah, shout out to me because of you. Because you do not like to come on this platform and be sensitive, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm shouting me out because you may not see it, but I made you a star. <laughs> yo, the, yo, Katie, the DMs was piling about was this, man. Ooh, I love sensitive Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> You need a man with what? Sensitivity. <laughs> 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 
one of these days. Yo, I'm serious. I admit your mad women was in my DMs like, oh my gosh, does he have a girlfriend? Is he always like that? He can be sensitive with me any day. <laughs> He's blushing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying no. to look away. No, 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 no. what's up? You just trying to sound like like Katie's commercial. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm serious, man. Like Michael Bay talked about the scene in Bad Boys. You ever seen Bad Boys? Yeah. When Will Smith was running with his shirt halfway open, he talks about in the book like Michael Bay wanted him to have, not have a shirt on at all. And Will was like, yo, fam, I'm not doing that. He wasn't comfortable enough doing that. So he wanted to wear a shirt. And so they, they compromised. They met in the middle. And he was like, fine, run with your shirt open. And that's probably the most memorable scene mm-hmm. from Bad Boy and really turned Will Smith into a superstar, according to Michael Bay. Michael Bay was like, I made that man a star. I'm Mo Bay. That's how I feel. Like, <laughs> I made you a star by telling you to be out here and be sensitive and have your shirt halfway open. So how do you feel? I have mixed emotions about it, if I'm being honest. I think uh, I don't like it. But like I told Katie, like, I just wear my heart on my sleeve a lot of the times. You know, I'm going to tell you how I feel. And that's kind of how I feel. I don't know how else to put it. Like, I don't know. If I'm being uh, 100% honest, I think there's a big part of me that has this very toxic masculinity and being Hispanic in general that, like, I fight that a lot. Where I look at it, oh, why the fuck are you feeling so sensitive? Why, why is this getting to you? Just get over it, right? Like, you're a man. Get over it. That's literally what I tell myself a lot of times. That's why I think I have, like, a a mixed emotions about it because I feel like I deal with a lot of Hispanic, machismo, toxic masculinity feelings where it's just like... I get it. Don't be a... Yeah, I come from the same place. I understand completely. The only thing that has allowed me to realize it's okay to be sensitive is Drake. Because everybody... Mm -hmm. I'm saying, like, yo, Drake is the most popular rapper in the world. Yeah. He's as sensitive as, as it gets. Look how women feel about Drake. Embrace it. I'm telling you. I'm the next Drake. Okay. All right. Completely missed the point. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, last but not least, shout out to the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> Simply because I've been talking to y'all about the metaverse all of this time. We had a real funny conversation about the metaverse last week. And the Atlanta Braves are going to be the first Major League Baseball team to give you an opportunity to actually go to the games in the metaverse. Oh, that's dope. That's fire. So I told y'all they could do it with the NBA. That's the thing. And now they're going to start doing it with baseball. And the Braves was the first team to do it because they're the Braves. So, we, we, you know what I'm saying? They shout brave. out to Atlanta. They Braves. So shout out to the Braves. And another thing I thought about before I get off this in the metaverse, when I told y'all that story about running out the studio, I forgot about the funniest part. <laughs> You're like, your figure mm-hmm. in the metaverse, you don't have legs. <laughs> oh. So when I tell you it was to see everybody running with no legs, funniest shit you've ever seen. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try, try running with no legs. Just try it. <laughs> see how far you get. All right, let's get down to business. Let's talk about the Kanye doc. Katie, have you seen it? No, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, you got to see it. I missed it, yeah. It's in parts, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it's called, what's it called, Romeo? Genius. It's called Genius. Yeah. And it's on Netflix. Part okay. one was released. I don't know how many parts there are going to be. I've heard three. I've heard seven. I don't know. But I know the next one I think is coming out the end of February. But I have a lot of thoughts about this Kanye doc. But before I go into mine, I want to hear yours. Dude, homeboy said the guy who, uh, Cootie? I think it was Cootie. Yeah. yeah. That he, he's I think the, he's I, the one that's filming it. Yeah, I saw an interview where he said he had over 17 hours of footage. Yeah, so that's important to note Which real quick. That's where this doc is coming from, that this dude interviewed Kanye Back in the day when he was running around with Harlem World, which is another rapper, it was Mason him. 
And he said he noticed something special about Kanye. He just knew it from the jump. He's like, this dude is going somewhere. And so he dropped all of his own dreams and ambitions to literally just walk around and film Kanye. That's what he did. Mm -hmm. And Kanye eventually flew to New York because they were in Chicago. And I think he said it took a year. Within that year of Kanye being in New York, he somehow ran into Jay-Z and H to the Izzo was born, which Kanye did that beat. The song, obviously, was a, a hit. Jackson 5 sample. And the rest was history. And he flew out to New York to be with Kanye and was filming Kanye ever since. And that was, I don't know, 20 years ago? Yeah, like 2001, I think. So that's around the time when, you know, people didn't have camera phones and people weren't walking around with a camera. But he just had this idea of like, yo, let me follow this dude around. And obviously it ended up being a very good decision. So tell yeah. me what your, what your takeaway was from the doc. I mean, I've always been a fan of Kanye. Well, as of until recently. But I think going back and like looking at it, oh, dude, they explain so much as to why Kanye is the way he is. You know what I'm saying? Like just from the get go, like he he walked up into the studio with like um, off all down. He played it for everybody. And, like, they just ignored him. They were just like, eh, like, dude, you're just a producer. Just go make a beat. Like, go make a beat. That's all you can do. And he was just like, nah. Like, he wouldn't take no for an answer. And, like, till this day, he is that way. Mm -hmm. He was not going to take no for an answer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was saying Katie about it this morning. It was just like, damn. Like, this dude was, like, 20-something years old. And the amount of belief that you have to have in yourself mm -hmm. is something that I wish I had. Right. Where you are just so confident and you know what the hell you can bring into the world. Right. And then you believe it. Mm -hmm. Even when everybody else is telling you no, you're going to believe it. But then also in the documentary, you see his mom and you see where that confidence comes from and like where he gets that. And like the 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 anchor that his mom was and like you see those moments. And I think it, it I think it's it's a. It's fascinating to me that, like, even just as you're saying, this guy would take 20 years to make a documentary of, on one, on this one guy yeah. that he saw from one simple interview and was just like, yo, this kid has potential. He's going to make places. Facts. And I want to make this known. If you're listening to this, whether you are a Kanye fan or not, you can absolutely hate Kanye. doesn't matter with this doc. I'm going to tell you why. There is so much to take away from just part one of this documentary. A lot of what Romeo has already said but there's just so many things. Like, the man was in Chicago. He was making beats since he was in seventh grade. Nothing was working for him. At that time, Common was the most popular artist to ever come out of Chicago as a rapper. Of course, you had R. Kelly, but that was R&B, and he was a phenomenon. Mm -hmm. They weren't really giving rappers out of Chicago love. He didn't let that stop him. He moved to New York. Somehow, ends up meeting Jay-Z, right? Now... It's important to note that there is a guy named Wayno who used to work for Rockefeller who did say that the timeline of the documentary is a little off. And at the time that we saw Kanye playing All Falls Down, it wasn't that they were ignoring him. They just had heard it so many times that they were tired of it. But regardless, there was a time when Kanye was making beat after beat after beat and they didn't want to hear him rap. And he felt like, I can outrap all of these people. And there's been a lot of times in my life, and I think this is relatable to anybody who's following any kind of dream, where you keep getting no again and again and again. Doors keep closing over and over and over. And most people give up in those moments. That's why most people don't make it. It's very easy to start to believe that you're not good enough because no one else will believe in you. Imagine if Kanye believed what they were telling him. They didn't even want to sign him at first. They didn't think he was worth signing, right? He could have believed them. And I remember trying to come up in the industry and people looking like, 
nah, nah, nah. After a while, it's easy to feel like, damn, maybe I don't have it. But what's real a lot of the time, people are afraid of you because they see something. And most people don't want to help you if they believe that you will be better than them, Mm -hmm. which is foolish to me because if you put me on the way that Dre put Eminem on, the way that Eminem put 50 Cent on, as you can see, they spin the block, right? Mm -hmm. They come back to get you if it was real. But a lot of the times we don't think like that, which was also documented in the fact that the dude who kind of showed Kanye how to really get his beats up. Remember that part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he really showed Kanye the ropes. Uh, it was no ID, and I forget the other brother's name. But the moment Kanye started to pop, instead of him mm-hmm. waiting for the moment for Kanye to spin the block and come back and get him, Kanye did one interview, and I guess they took out the part where he gave him credit, and he assumed that Kanye forgot about him and then jumped out the window and made a diss song about him. And now Kanye had to come answer for the diss song. And they ran up on him in the street when they saw him. And he was like, nah, nah, I didn't really like that. I love you. I got number love for you. It's all good. But then why are you talking crazy about me in the radio? Because Kanye made it and you didn't? That crabs in a barrel mentality. The hater mentality. You saw Kanye go through that. Then like Romeo said, when he was walking around the offices, to me, you hit all falls down. It's not a talk about. It's a hit. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? Nobody was in a rush to sign that in a building where it's everybody's job to sign the next hit. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But Kanye kept believing in himself. So instead of quitting, what did he do? He made Jesus Walks. <laughs> and you know what happened with Jesus Walks? He invited Scarface, another rapper, to the studio, and he didn't want to be on the song. Yeah. Scarface was like, nah, I don't really want to do this one. What? <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. He said yeah. no. He turned down being on Jesus Walks. Scarface would be on that song today. And it's one of the most iconic hip-hop songs of all time. You know what I'm saying? So it's another point in that people are not going to see the vision that you have for yourself. They're not going to always see it. Matter of fact, most of the time they're not going to see it. So they're certainly not going to support it. But Kanye had this undying belief in himself that it was irrelevant what anyone else thought. And I believe after watching it, just like Romeo said, it was because of his mom. That was the biggest part of it. And it was so obvious. Once you got toward the end, there was clips with him and his mom. I'd always heard the stories about Miss Donda and what she did for Kanye, but I never saw it. Mm-hmm. You never got to actually see it yourself. And, yo, this woman was like an angel. I don't think I've ever seen a mother believe in her son to that level. Like, I've seen mothers believe in their kid. But it was some different about this. The way she was talking to him. Yo, there was one part when she started rapping Kanye's verse. Yeah, like the first thing he ever wrote. Or the something first like that. thing he ever wrote. Yeah. She started rapping it. Like Kanye was struggling to remember it. And they started rapping it together. And I was like, that's fire. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like she just believed in him. You could feel it. You could see it. And you could easily understand where his level of confidence in himself came from. Came from his mom. And she sat down with him and she told him, which reminded me of my grandmother, rest in peace, because the last thing my grandmother said to me was, I always want you to be humble. It's the very last thing she said to me. And at first I was upset because I felt like, damn, is my grandmother ever going to get to see like how good I really am, how far I'm going to really take it? Now I realize she did, which is exactly why she told me what she told me. And And she sat Kanye down and was like, yo, there's a line. Be confident. Be super confident in yourself. 
but don't be arrogant. And then he said, Mom, am I coming off too arrogant? She's like, not really. But you could tell she sensed that mm-hmm. it was coming. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And she told him, just remember, when a giant looks in the mirror, he doesn't see anything. I thought that shit was so deep. She said you could be flying while your feet are on the ground. You can be flying while your feet are on the ground. Yeah. Woo! And she was dropping jewels like that with everything that came out of her mouth. And she grounded him. You could tell he was out. And she said, oh, you out here buying chains. And she loved the chain, but she's like, with a house. Yeah. Ain't bought a house yet. You know what I'm saying? She's giving him that game. Buy something that's going to put money back into you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but she was happy for him. It wasn't coming from a place of, like, jealousy or any of that. It was pure, genuine happiness to see her son thriving and rising. But at the same time, I got to keep you grounded so that you can continue to do it. And it was just the energy about her that the same way you could understand how he got his confidence from his mom you can see why he self-destructed mm. when she left this earth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like when she was gone. Like, it, did you get that sense too? I think he has nothing to lose because he already lost everything he had, which was his mom. If, you, if your mom's is that great, you don't right. need anything yeah. else. You're good. And then you lose her in the midst of gaining everything else, the world, as they say, it's not a fair trade-off. No matter how much money you make, no matter how successful you become, no matter how much of an icon you become, no matter how many hits you make, losing a mother like that, I don't know that you recover. Mm-mm. I also think that how much you believe in yourself and all the no's you get and all the rejection and people looking at you like, yo, you're just a producer. You can't rhyme. You can't rap. Right. And then you prove them wrong and you actually make it to where you say you're going to make it. I think that at a certain point, you're going to look at yourself and be like, yeah, I'm unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I did exactly what I was going to say, and I'm going to keep doing what I'm going to say I'm going to do. So I feel like if he really believes he's going to be president, like, dude, like that's really what he believes. Because at a certain point, he believed that he was going to be one of the greatest rappers. And he did that. And no one else believed it. Right. And so it's just like, like that's why I think like the belief he has, it can carry him to a way that's like, to many people, it's kind of crazy, right? And it's mm-hmm. like... I mean, yeah, he's kind of like... But you gotta be kind of crazy. That's the thing. So it's just like, it, like it really, I do feel like he now has the validation today he wish he had when he was younger. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because like, yeah. like, now he found it. He was like, I did that shit. And I did it on my own. And he even talked about it. He said, like, nothing's handed to you. Ever. You gotta work for it. You gotta go get it. And yeah. that's what he did. And and yeah, and like you're saying, that's why you can understand how he got to the place. And he's like, now y'all supposed to be able to tell me something? I'm supposed to listen to y'all? Y'all told me I wasn't gonna be shit. Now I'm supposed to listen to y'all? Yo, because that line between ultimate confidence in yourself so much so that you will never waver and pure insanity, it's a very thin line. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, if you got everybody in the world telling you you can't do something and then you go and do it, why would you listen to anybody once you get there? And that's where I believe he is. And I'm not saying that makes it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm no. just saying that this doc made it apparent as to why it's happening. It was little things I took away from it. Like, I'm a visionary. I'm always envisioning where I want to be in life. I'm always thinking of what I want to do next. And when I started to realize that a lot of the things I envisioned and I saw myself doing started to come to fruition and I realized that was a real thing, it was on. I was very careful about what my thoughts were. You know what I'm saying? And Kanye had moments where he's like, yo, I'm walking to the car and I'm practicing my Grammy speech. (laughs) Like, yo, people think that that's just funny. No, that's really, really did that. Yeah. Like, when I be telling people, like, yo, now nah, I'm already writing the jokes that I'm going to tell at my first arena. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, give me 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the confidence 
that he had. I feel like it's the confidence that you need. And when you put your mind to it, when you are that determined, you can do anything. Yep. You can do anything. Yeah. But it takes you to put that in yourself and believe in yourself to push through and accomplish that. A hundred percent. And there were funny parts, too, where I couldn't help but laugh. One of them was, you know, Macy's? Uh, He's a rapper. Used to be with Bad Boy. Okay, yeah. He's a really popular rapper back then. And <laughs> Mace is in it. Yeah, yeah. And you, you see the yeah, part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they interviewed him. It was real quick. But I completely forgot how slow Mace talks. It was the funniest shit ever. If you have never heard Mace talk, I've always wondered what it was like to be his friend. Like, <laughs> like fam. Get to the point. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's like, oh, Mace, man, how you doing? He's like, yeah, man, you know. I'm just out here being a rapper. We have a reference for those who may not know who he is. Okay. If you watch Euphoria, he's the same as Fezco. He so, talked like that? The yeah, character Fezco in Euphoria is a real slow-talking, monotone dude. So oh my if those God. who don't know who he is, then Okay, they'll pers- understand. Yo, because yeah, it's a music video where Mace is like talking to a girl on the phone. And she's like, why would you do that? And she's going, oh, why would you do that, Mason? And he was like, I just said that to get you <laughs> mad. Yeah, There's funny. no way I'm having an hour conversation with this man because he got one sentence off in an hour. I'm not doing it. I'm hanging up. <laughs> yeah. But he said something also that was super profound to me because I remember being in that environment. And he said, I'm just happy to be alive at 20. And I said, wow. That was normal. Back then, to be in that environment and to feel like, damn, I'm happy I, I, I saw 20. And Kanye was in that, in that group of people. Look what Kanye wouldn't have accomplished. God forbid he would have died at 20. And a lot of us who come from those environments, that's real. You just try and see 20. As just to me was a point of, I hate that all of these young rappers are dying like this. Because they're dying in their 20s. What would Pop Smoke have accomplished? Tupac, Biggie, the list goes on. I'm just happy to be here at 20. That's crazy. That messed me up. There's another moment where the dude who's filming, he, um, he's interviewing Lil Bow Wow. Katie, you might have seen this viral moment. <laughs> I just never realized he was the guy. <laughs> yo, yo, you okay. seen it? Yes. <laughs> he interviewing Lil Bow Wow, and Lil Bow Wow was how old? Bro, he was a kid, uh, he was bro. Like, he was like, a, it was young Lil Bow Wow. Yeah, he was it was yo. Lil Bow Wow. He's just so yes, dope. He's like, yo, look at her. Yo, she's mad pretty. Yo. That was so funny. Yo. That was so funny, man. Wow just sitting there like, yo, what? And then you just hear a dude in the back go, hey, man, that's a d-. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, like, yo. he's like, oh, oh, I mean, little dude, hey. <laughs> Like now, Lou Bow. You know, if yeah. I'm Lou Bow, he'd had to fight me when I when I was a grown yeah, right. man. Right. <laughs> His hands now. That and the last part of it, I thought I couldn't help but notice the irony. And you said this earlier was <laughs> there was one part of the doc where they basically wanted you to know that at the end of the day, what it came down to is Kanye won't take no for an answer. That didn't age well. Kim Kardashian. He still won't take no for an answer. There you go. <laughs> You're That's not become a problem. Me, <laughs> so I say that to say with every with every gift, there's a curse. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think whether you're a fan of Kanye or not, the doc is a must watch. I think it's very inspirational if you have a dream. That's the way I took it. Like I like I said, I I, I was a fan, not a big fan of what he's doing now, but I think that looking back at it as a young kid that he was pretty much and just believing in himself like i said i do wish 
that I could believe in myself and the the talent that Bert sees in me. Let you me know, just put it that way. You know what I'm saying? The the talent that Bert sees in me, I wish I could see it in myself. Because a lot of times I don't. I don't feel like you need to wish it. You need to start putting those affirmations into place. So much so that every day your affirmation of I wish I believe this turns into I believe this. Facts. Mm. Because I'm I'm gonna tell you, in all honesty, like I have always had that Kanye like belief in myself. Yeah. That's what got me here. But then when I got here, that shit went out the window. And I really to this day struggle sometimes to really figure out why. You know what I'm saying? Like I had all the belief in myself in the world. That's why I came to Atlanta. That's why I joined the Bursh. I was like, I got this. I can do this. It's nothing. But in the beginning, I was struggling. Because it was all so new. You know what I'm saying? And I, I was beating myself up because everybody around me, it seemed like, figure it out. Yo, you're mm-hmm. not talking enough. Yo, you're not doing it. Not, and nobody really truly understood, like, damn, yo. Like, I've never been on, I've never been in radio in my life. I've never had to have these types of conversations in my life. I've definitely never had to have these conversations with white people in my life. I don't know what I can say. I don't know what I can't say. I don't know what will get me canceled. I, I, I don't know anybody in the room. Anytime you've ever been at a dinner and you're the only person there that, and everybody else got chemistry, history, it's hard to find that flow. Like, it wasn't easy. You got to deal with the opinions of people you don't know. You got to deal with the pressures. So when I struggled, like you just said, Bert picked me up. was like, he believed in me. Now you got this. Yeah, there was times when I was like, I don't know, fam. <laughs> I know me better than you know me, and I don't think I got it. You know what I'm saying? But it's so important to have someone who will believe in you in times when you don't because it's human. You're human. There's just going to be times when you just don't think you have the stuff, and you need somebody in your corner to say, now you got it. And when you find that, because that's a blessing, you utilize whatever it is that they see, even if you can't see it, and you hold on to that shit until you can. And one day, you'll be able to see it. And then you'll be an arrogant piece of shit, but you'll be unstoppable. Who's next? All right, let's talk about Neo. Neo is trending. He's in the news for some statements that he made. And I'm curious as to what you guys will think about the statements that he made, because I see what he was trying to do. But boy, did he go about it terribly wrong. Here's what Neo said. It's gotten super misogynistic, which I don't understand. I, and, I, and mind you, I can only blame us men halfway for that. Because as a woman, if a man sings the word bitch to you and you smile at him, he's probably going to do it again. And again, and again, and again, and again. And the more misogynistic the lyrics get, the more y'all accept it, the more that's going to happen. That's just kind of what that is. Mm-hmm. So, ladies, I love y'all to death. But if y'all want men to stop calling you bitches, stop dancing to them records. Neo basically is saying that Women cannot be upset about men referring to them in derogatory ways until they stop dancing to the music and supporting the music where men are referring to them in derogatory ways. What do y'all feel about that? Now, before y'all tell me, though, I'll say this. Because the obvious here is he's bugging, right? Like, that's that's easy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Women should be able to do whatever the hell they want, mm-hmm. and you should still respect women and not refer to them in certain ways, period. Exactly. That's, right. That's easy. We all know that if you're a mature man, you understand that. But if we're going to dissect this and have some fun with it, or at least make some type of conversation about it, then I'll play devil's advocate here. There was a time... Romeo, I don't think you were on the show yet. Where I learned, boy, did the women learn me, that you have to be very careful about what 
you're saying and how you say it. Because what I said one day was I got to a point where I just felt like twerking got out of control. It got crazy. Right? Like mm-hmm. at some point it was like, all right, this is cool. You know, women. Is... Then it was just like, yo. It was all over your feed? Fam, <laughs> you, you literally couldn't go anywhere online without seeing women twerking. And I'm like, y'all out here twerking at your son's PTA meeting at this point. Y'all twerking at brunch. Like, <laughs> okay, well, brunch, mimosas involved. Of course, they're Katie, twerking. Katie, it was an elegant place. Mm-hmm, okay. Why is your vagina next to the salad? What are you doing? That's what mimosas will do to you. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Right? And I wasn't trying to be offensive or disrespectful. You want to twerk, twerk. But what I was trying to say was, maybe I'm old school, but I personally wouldn't want my lady, my queen, to be twerking all over Instagram to where when my mom now follows her on Instagram, I have to answer that. And that debate goes on and on, right? Because I saw a debate the other day where a guy was like, yo, if we in a relationship and you my lady now, why are you still taking, like, those quote-unquote kind of pictures? Mm. The attention-seeking pictures, right? And what the women on the Burt Show basically said, the way they took it was like, yo, you can't tell women what to do. You can't tell a woman what to do with her body. And I respected that. I backed out. None to talk about. Cool, I'm going, going home, taking my ball and going home, right? But in my mind, I was mad at myself. Not then, but as I evolved, I was. Because to me, personally, mm-hmm. I don't think you should ever be judgmental about what anyone in the world is doing unless you are now trying to figure out if this is a person you want to spend the rest of your life with. In my mind, that's when you have the right to be a little bit judgmental, right? So I don't think it's unfair to say just my personal preference, I would prefer a woman who wasn't twerking online or twerking around all of the time, right? Because if a woman says, I want a man with money, I want a man who's tall, I want a man who has all of his teeth, whatever the case it's seen as a preference, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. if a woman says, yo, I like tall guys, well, what about the short guys? And I'm not trying to be funny. Shout out to you, Romeo. Seriously. <laughs> it's a preference. But if a man says, yo, I like my woman like this, it doesn't seem like it's received as a preference. It's received more as, like, misogynistic almost. It is because... It feels like we hear more of men wanting the same type of woman than a man who's accepting and saying, I don't care how you are, queen. I'm looking for you on the inside. It seems like as a woman, men are so caught up with how we look that they want us to match whatever society is chasing, a.k.a. the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. And there's a standard look that women are trying to go for that look so hard because so many men are saying that this is what they want, that we're not hearing enough of the men to say, no, you be you. I want a natural woman. I want this and that. I don't care about if her body looks like a Coca-Cola bottle. But we don't hear that enough that women just gravitate towards that. So when a man says it, it's like, okay, this is what men always want because we don't hear enough of the other side. That's, it, it makes sense? That does make sense. I, I completely hear you. My only debate to that is why do y'all think it's any different for men 